When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to The Art of Charm. I'm your host, Jordan Harbinger. I'm here with producer Jason DeFilippo. Here at The Art of Charm, we may not have all the answers, but we certainly have some of the questions. And today on Fan Mail Friday, those questions come from you. If you're new to The Art of Charm podcast, Fan Mail Friday is not my favorite place for you to begin, although I do enjoy doing it. Most of our content is more in-depth and longer format and includes interviews and conversations with people that you've heard of, hopefully. Check out the best of at theartofcharm.com slash best or the fundamentals toolbox at theartofcharm.com slash toolbox. That's where we've got the fundamentals of reading body language and charismatic nonverbal communication, the science of attraction, networking and influence strategies, negotiation techniques, persuasion tactics, and everything else that we teach here at The Art of Charm. We'll send all of this to your inbox if you text CHARMED. C-H-A-R-M-E-D to 33444 here in the States. Everywhere else, just go to theartofcharm.com. All right, let's do this. What's up, AOC? My parents and friends keep telling me to lighten up because this time of my life, a.k.a. high school and college, are the best times of our lives. But at the same time, I'm surprised at how much hard work it is to get good grades in an internship, etc., etc. How do I handle the pressure? Signed, Stressed Out Stan. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that for some people, high school and college is the best time of their lives, but for me, it was totally not. And I worried about this exact same thing. For me, the best time of my life is now. And I'm not saying that like present time is always the best time. This is not what I'm going, where I'm going with this. I don't believe that stuff. What I mean is just like right now, things are really rolling. In school, I felt like, oh, I don't really like this. I'm bored. This doesn't work. I've got all these requirements. I've got to get up at times I don't want to get up. I've got to do all this stupid stuff and be social. Life for me got a lot easier as an adult. I don't know where you stand on this, Jason, but honestly, I much prefer being an adult to being a child, or at least to being in high school and college. I grew up in the John Hughes era of high school movies that uh, that always said high school was possibly the worst time of your life. And uh, for me, it definitely was. So I definitely enjoy being an adult now. I did not have a good time in high school and college. Yeah, it's weird. It's like you have no responsibility and, you know, the world is your oyster kind of, but you also have no money. There's people in charge of you that are, frankly, your parents fine, but some of the teachers and other people that are in charge of you, they don't know, they don't care that much or what's in your best interest is something totally foreign for you and they're trying to kind of guide you uh, for better or for worse. I just, I really didn't enjoy any of that. Being a student was a lot harder, even though I had less responsibility. It was a ton of pressure ton of expectations, doing things other people wanted me to do. It's never my own agenda. Just what others say is good for you. You got to do that. I'm loving life right now. It is so much better now than it was back then. So don't worry about it, Stan. Work hard. Build a great life for yourself. Don't blow off everything that you're going through. Work hard and build that great life for yourself. You get a lot more flexibility after you get out of school. So as long as you don't paint yourself into a corner in some other way in your career, and you follow the advice and the things we're telling you here, and you don't end up going, oh my God, I followed the deep default pathway and now I'm an insurance salesman and I hate it. That's how people 
go get all nostalgic, right? No, high school and college was so great. If you build the life for yourself that you want, it's no comparison. It's so much better now than it was back then. So don't stress. Time is on your side. You have a lot more time as an adult than you do as a teenager. So the fact that the teenager time is limited, don't let people fear monger you into thinking you got to make the most of that somehow. You're already doing that, I guarantee you. So just don't worry about it. Don't worry about the door or the window closing or anything like that. Live your life for yourself. Build that life for yourself. And don't worry about other people having a better past than a better future. That is not necessarily your path. All right, next up. Hi, Jordan. I'm lazy. I've always been able to coast through school and work. I even have a strong why, which is my family. Why am I still lazy and how do I fix it? Signed, needs a swift kick in the pants. I'm going to go a little bit contra here. I don't know. I don't know any more details than anybody else because I've just seen this question here like you. But it's, I don't think it's lazy. I think there's fear of failure involved in most people who say that they're lazy. And I think the reason is because they're worried their best might not be good enough. They're going to disappoint themselves. They're going to disappoint their family. They're going to disappoint their coworkers, their boss, their wife, whatever. When we look at it this way, having a strong why, like your family, makes the fear of failure even stronger because there's more at stake. So the best idea for me, in my opinion here, is to go out and seek failure in something inconsequential, like learn something new, start taking Italian or cooking class or something like that, where the worst thing that can happen is you burn some noodles. And take the class with your wife or your family if you don't have one of those. This will show you that they're not going to judge you if you're not always on point. This will slowly start to seep into other areas. And it's a weird phenomenon. In order to do great, we need to stop doing just good or just okay. And then we can not fear the leap into greatness. But first, we need those we love and care about to see us fall and see for ourselves that they not only don't judge us when we fall, but they pick us back up again. And look, option B, as Jason points out, you might just be bored. You might not be lazy. You might not be challenged enough. Jason, you had something to say about this. Yeah, you know, when when I don't have challenges that really push me to my limit, I, it feels like I'm lazy, but there's just nothing else to do. You know, I'd rather sit around and play rock band all day if there's really nothing to if, if I don't have a windmill to go tilt at. It's like, ah, eh, yeah, give me some give me some Xbox and a and a beer and petting the dog. But uh, that doesn't make me lazy. That just means I just don't have any challenges at that point. So maybe reframe lazy and find a better challenge and go do something that's more exciting. Yeah, I had this problem in, in middle school and in parts of high school where it was so easy that even though it was easy and I could coast through a lot of it, I just didn't because it was just a clear waste of time to do what were the remember those squares in biology where you have genes and you do those like A, A, B, B. I failed out of biology because I couldn't cut open the frog. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. Now, I can't remember what these were called. They're like Mendelssohn squares or something like that. I can't remember. But I remember doing these huge ones and they were so stupid that I just went, screw it. I didn't turn it in. And the teacher who had given me A's on every test so far because I was a big nerd goes, what happened here? Did you just run out of time? Because I stopped halfway through the assignment and I go, no, I just... I get it, and I didn't really want to do the rest. And she gave me like a B or B plus or whatever, and she goes, you should just finish these things. It's going to damage your grades. And then I go, can you just make it harder? And she goes, oh, I can make it harder. And then the next time she gave homework, she gave me special homework, and it was freaking super tough. But what I appreciated about her, Mrs. Baldry, she didn't make it impossible just to teach me a lesson and be like, oh, you don't want to do the homework? I'm going to make it impossible. She made it challenging 
And she just kept doing that. And it actually, I really appreciated that. She was one of those few teachers who actually seemed to really care uh, about me as an individual instead of just getting stuff done in class. But yeah, man, you could just be bored. Uh, you could also be afraid to fail. So test both of those hypotheses. Yeah, and I've got a similar story that uh, I was flunking out of most of my fourth and fifth grade classes, and I had one really good guidance counselor who was like, oh, he, he could see what was going on. And my mom was just like, get him tutors. Maybe he needs special education. Like half the school wanted to put me in special education. And then this one guy came in and he's like, no, let's put him in AP. And I went from D's and F's to A's and B's once they put me in advanced placement because I was bored out of my skull. Yeah, that's I had so many problems like that as a kid. And and it's not because it's like, oh, Jordan's so, some kind of genius. I, I think it's just the one size fits all method just doesn't work for much of the class and a lot of the people that it doesn't work for they just do the work anyway because they're well behaved but when you mix the whole independent thinker plus maybe above the the median level you just end up with trouble so you a lot of the really bad kids in my school like the criminal level shoplifters the kids who smoked when it came time for high school I remember friends of mine hanging out with them, and I'm like, oh, crap, Ryan's here. He's a bad kid and stuff like that. And he'd be carrying around a copy of Faust or something, and I'm like, what are you doing with that, <laughs> rolling blunts? And he's like, nah, I'm reading it. And I thought, wait a minute. You're a screw-up because you're freaking smart, not, and you have lack of supervision, not because you're an idiot. you know. And yep. it was just like, <laughs> oh, man. And those kids had it even worse because a lot of their friends were actually idiots, right? Because they were the ones who were skipping class all the time and getting in trouble. And some of the kids who were doing that were the smartest kids in school, and some of them were the dumbest kids in school. And I just thought, man, not only are you not getting challenged in school, but now you're getting in trouble. And the people that you're bonding closest with are the people that aren't going anywhere. It's just like, ugh, it was such a mess. Ah, high school. Don't miss it. Yeah, I know. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> all right. Next question. Here's a letter that came in via our Facebook page. Jordan, a little helpful advice. I really enjoy your podcast and you have developed into a good broadcaster. There's one glaring distraction you do every single podcast. Nope, though. I'm listening from the start and I'm currently at 2015. <laughs> good luck. Mm hmm. Between one and three times during each podcast, you brag about yourself or your company. Not a humble brag, not a this is crazy brag, but an extremely annoying brag. Every podcast. It will make any educated, somewhat self-aware person feel that you are a scammer, that you are a social climber, that you shouldn't be having the success that you claim and are insecure about it. I don't believe this is true. And it's possibly just a minor personality defect, but it seriously takes away from the amazing guests that you have and the credibility that it can garner you. Your commercials are tolerated and not included in this assessment. Well, thank you very <laughs> thank much you there. Thank you for tolerating the way that we pay the bills. Yes. <laughs> if you want to take your credibility to the next level, try self-deprecation. This feels like an ad from uh, it does. Idiocracy. Hey, try self-deprecation. Think Howard Stern. Instead of 10 brags and one self-deprecation... Reverse it. Make fun of yourself 10 times and brag once, but never do an annoying brag. State a fact and state how amazing it is. Hope this helps. Kevin. So I really appreciate stuff like this sometimes, although um, I, I'm not sure that Howard Stern's a great example because he, for, for most of his career, was super not self-deprecating. It was mostly really arrogant. And I think more recently he has 
maybe graduated to that. But the other thing is, I'm look, I'm all about feedback. And I think you might actually be onto something. In 2015, we grew the show a lot. And we did the same in 2014 as well. And then in 2016, we grew things even more. And 2017 is looking like it's going to be an even bigger year in a lot of ways for the show and for the Art of Charm as a company. And, um, you know, there, there I go, bragging again. So if that's... If, if that's what you mean, then I'm guilty. I will always brag about the art of charm. Um, and I appreciate the feedback and trying to make me better. But one piece of feedback on your feedback and feedback in general, and I see this a lot in my inbox and even in mastermindy type things, you have to give concrete examples and they have to be current or it's actually useless. And this goes for any feedback. You have to find something concrete for the person to chew on. And I know what you're thinking, well, this is feedback for them, so I'll let them go back and find an example. It's not my problem or they shouldn't be lazy. They should go out and figure out where to apply my feedback. But the problem with this, and this goes for work, home, school, whatever, the problem with this is that since feedback is often based solely on the perception of the person or people giving it, the receiver cannot do anything with the feedback unless there's an actual example. The reason is, even if someone says, hey Jordan, in the last episode you bragged too much, I could re-listen to the whole thing 10 times and still not necessarily find what you're referring to. The reason is, I have that area as a blind spot according to the person giving the feedback only. So it's invisible to me, hence the term blind spot. The other thing is that feedback has to be on something current. If the work you're critiquing is too far in the past, like shows from two or three years ago, then the receiver, me, will likely think they've either moved past it, done nothing, and been fine up until now, or that the problem has gotten worse. So there's no reason for them or me to go back and look at something super old to find an issue that I might not even be able to see. That's a hundred times more true if there's no concrete example. So in other words, feel free to call me an ass. Just make sure you give a concrete example of my assery and not just refer to assery or my assery in general. So in the end, yes, I love feedback. I don't really know what you're talking about here with the respect to 2015. I'm not going to go and look. But if you're listening to the show now and you go, God, this guy's just insufferable, send me a note. I'm Jordan at theartofcharm.com. Let me know exactly what you're talking about. And uh, I'll figure out whether or not I agree and want to take action on it. That goes for any kind of feedback that you give anyone ever. So there's some feedback on your feedback. Over the last 17 years, we have launched our fair share of online courses, coaching programs, and finding the right platform has always been a challenge. They say if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. But if you're an entrepreneur, you know the hard work that comes with it. That's why you need Kajabi. Kajabi makes it easy to run your entire online business from one platform so you can focus on what you love, creating. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part? Kajabi doesn't cut into your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. You don't even need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com charm. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash charm. Go to Kajabi dot com slash charm and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion.
Lennon and McCartney, Jagger and Richards, Watson and Crick, AJ and Johnny. What about the perfect duo when it comes to growing your business? Well, that's you and Shopify. That's right, Johnny. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling your own fire merch or promoting your productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, as well as millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. And AJ, you don't have to just sell your stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from the brands that you love, giving your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no-excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash charm. Go to shopify.com slash charm now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash charm. Next question. Hi, Jordan. A few months ago, you told a story about a rowing team that got better by constantly asking themselves if their actions would make the boat go faster. They made it their mantra, and as a result, they got faster. I heard you tell that story not long after I lost my job and decided to run my own business. I quoted that story so many times that my sister actually burned that phrase into a cool piece of wood that she found and gave it to me. Anyways, thanks for telling that story. It was a huge encouragement, and I'm building a successful solo law practice. Stay charming. Woody. <laughs> nice. Um, yes, this is from Woody. Woody's sister listens to the show. I want to give her a shout out. I think that's awesome. And I also really appreciate, he sent me a picture of the wood decor. It's cool. She took like, it looks like driftwood or something like that in the picture. It's small on my phone screen, obviously, but she burned that phrase into the driftwood, which is very apropos because of course this is about boats and floating and blah, blah, blah. And look, I don't remember telling that story, but I will tell you that I love the fact that this helped you start your own law practice after losing your job and became a personal mantra. That's what this show's about. So thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, feel free to send me burn pieces of driftwood with cool sayings in them at any time, and I'll hang them up here in the studio. All right, next up, Jason. Hey, Jordan, was just listening to FMF 102 with a guy getting a divorce. He was asking how to separate from his wife on social networks. Facebook introduced a breakup tool back in 2015 helping people in these situations. Here's a link to the article describing the workflow, which you will be able to check out at theartofcharm.com slash FMF 106. Cheers, Daniel B. in Germany, an AOC alum. Yeah, Daniel B., he came through the program a while ago. This is useful. I never heard of this. Jason, had you, had you heard of the breakup tool before this? I didn't know they had a breakup tool. Basically, what it is is a way to uh, 
take your settings and tweak them for different people so they can see different sets of data. I don't know if they actually called it a breakup tool. And since 2015, Facebook has changed their privacy tools about 466 times. So this might not still be applicable as a quote unquote breakup tool, but you can tweak your settings so people can see different things. And this is kind of what I alluded to when I I, I was asking you the question about how he should separate uh, or if, if he should separate from his ex-wife on social networks when we talked yeah. about that a couple of weeks ago. So Yeah, I, and the answer, I assume, was absolutely, at least for now, right? No, well, your answer was actually, don't do it yet. Oh, well, she was going to get mad about it. I remember yeah, now. Yeah, because it yeah, was yeah. like, oh, why poke the hornet's nest? Right, you right, know? right. Okay, that's right. They were having a non-amicable. Okay, this is if, if you break up because they break up with you or it's an amicable breakup, then you can disconnect just so you don't see that stuff rubbed in their face. But yeah, yeah. if it's going to cause, I remember that guy had a kid, right? It, and yeah, it was like it, this they whole were going emotional... into a co-parenting relationship Ugh, and yeah, he didn't yeah. want to like, he was just like, Ugh. like, you know, he was out running in the snow and you, you said oh, he was, yeah, he yeah, was a yeah, hero, yeah. and then she was just like, you right. look like, you look like a dork. Yeah, right, right. I remember that. Yeah, okay. This So if you have an amicable breakup and or they break up with you and you don't want it rubbed in your face all the time that they've moved on or whatever, then disconnect. Otherwise, yeah, set it up on limited profile. I, I'm sure there are also ways where you can make it so that you see nothing from them ever in your newsfeed. Just hide them from your newsfeed and don't be that guy who goes and stalks them all the time. Um, there's probably other ways to block people online that lets them see you but not you to see them. And I think that's healthy because, man, you can really torture your yourself with social media after a breakup. I'm, I remember doing that to myself back in college, too, so I, I totally get it. It's not something you should do to yourself. There's also a, a third option. Get off of social media and just go outside and meet new people and uh, <laughs> yeah. put the computer away for a while. I'll tell you, I stopped basically looking at much of I still use Facebook Messenger and I still look at people commenting on my stuff, but I never just go on Facebook anymore. And, and this is long overdue. It's long overdue for me just to never look at that stuff. It's it's zero ROI. And it's funny because I had a conversation with a fan yesterday, uh, John, who's a AOC alum, been a fan of the show for, man, probably like 10 years almost now. He's like, you should really be more active on Facebook. It's all about engagement. And I, to a certain extent, agree with that. However, uh, at some point, you just got to go, look, there's no ROI to me commenting and looking at cat videos. They're just, re- they're just not. It's, it's the amount of hours I spend on Facebook every week could be spent reading. And that's just when you weigh it like that, it's holy cow, you know, there's no contest. We spend it. We spend our time instead of being on Facebook, working on making a better show. I worry. I, I brainstorm ways that I can do brags <laughs> so that everybody gets <laughs> mad at me. Um, I, yeah, maybe I should brag only on Facebook. There that way, uh, that way I have my audience there. All right, here's a pro tip. And this is so funny because uh, Jenny and I were in LA doing a bunch of media and playing a bunch of escape games and stuff like that. These escape rooms that we're obsessed with. And, Jenny's tip for when we're going to be late, because L.A. traffic, blah, 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 you're always late, at least by a few minutes. She calls the place, and instead of saying, oh, we're running a little bit late, you know, we're sorry, she goes, I just want to confirm our 4 p.m. escape game or escape room or whatever, and they go, yeah, yeah, you registered online, right? You got a confirmation email, and she goes, yeah, I wanted to confirm, and I also wanted to ask about parking. And then they go, oh, yeah, we have a parking lot or, oh, there's street parking. And so this does a lot of really brilliant things, right? Because you're calling to confirm 
and so they know that you're on the way, but instead of admitting that you're going to be late, which gives them kind of this uh, social permission to, oh, well, we're going to start your time exactly at four, or we have other people waiting, we're going to let them ahead of you. I mean, they can make that decision on their own, but they know that you're on the way, so they know that you're not just going to not show up. They don't have to call you when you're five minutes late. Where are you? You know, and you're trying to park. And, of course, you get the parking info, but they also know that if you're a few minutes late, you were probably just looking for parking because you're on the way. So this, on so many levels, this is a brilliant way of saying you're late without kind of admitting any guilt. And uh, I loved it. I loved it. I I loved it so much I wrote it down in the car because I thought, man, every time I'm even running slightly late for something, which is very rare, I'm just going to do this. Restaurant reservations, escape rooms, everything like that. If it's your friend, you can just say, look, I'm five minutes late and you should, you know, be ashamed of yourself. But for things like this, I just love that. Call, confirm the time slot, ask about parking. So amazing. I spent 15 years in L.A., and I could have used this pretty much every day. This is fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems obvious now. When I say there's people going, this is your pro tip, ugh, unsubscribe, right? But it's such a nuanced thing that it, it really is good. And I, I asked her if she did that on purpose, and she was kind of like, well, you know, no, but yes. And I just, I, I know her. She totally did that on purpose. But it's, <laughs> it's man, this nuanced stuff, I love it. This, this, the Art of Charms Foundation was based on some of this type of stuff. I just want a little last-minute note here. One thing that I saw on my flight back or on my way to the airport back from L.A., it's just wasted potential is so depressing, and it's one of the reasons that I do this show. And when I was at the car rental place returning the car, this guy walked by, and he's like, oh, you know, super cheerful, charismatic guy, and he spoke English, and he was a uh, African-descended guy, and I, I it looked like uh, Ethiopian, Eritrea, that kind of area. And it turns out he was Ethiopian, he spoke English, Hebrew, and he was learning Mandarin because he started just speaking Chinese to Jen randomly. This guy was super outgoing, super charismatic, he was in his 60s, and he's checking in cars at this car rental place, and it really just kind of bummed me out. And we were talking a little bit in Chinese, and I just thought, man, for for somebody with multiple languages who just has this kind of attitude, I'm I'm sure that he could have just done so much more, and it really does make you thankful that you're born in the place and time where you were born, because he was from Ethiopia, he escaped there, went to Israel, then migrated from there to the United States with his family, and now he's working at that gig outside. I mean, at least, look, he's in the sunshine, he's in L.A., so he's got that going for him. But uh, I, I know I sent him a link to this podcast, I hope he's listening to this episode, and if you are listening to this, Oscar, I'm sending, which is what I called him, I don't think that's actually his name, I'm sending you a bunch of Chinese learning material. You're learning... Chinese online. This stuff is all free. He's been over the same Chinese learning material 10 times already. I'm going to freshen it up for you, man. Uh, You made my week, and I appreciate meeting you, man. Hope you all enjoyed that. Don't forget, you can email us friday at theartofcharm.com to get your questions answered on the air. A link to the show notes for this episode can be found at theartofcharm.com slash FMF106. I'd love to hear from you. I'm on Twitter at The Art of Charm. It's a great way to engage with the show. Jason, you're on Twitter, and you got a show of your own, don't you? I am on Twitter at JPDEF, JPDEF, and I do have a show. We are Podcast One Brothers now. I am. That's right. uh, I just joined up with Podcast One for my show, Grumpy Old Geeks, where uh, my co-host and I talk every week about uh, the goings-on on the internet, cool movies to see, books to read, music to listen to, things like that. Things to complain about. Basically. We do. We we are grumpy old <laughs> geeks. Come on. It's, it's kind of built into the title there. It is. It is. Also, don't forget about the Art of Charm Challenge. Text the word charmed, C-H-A-R-M-E-D, to 33444. That works here in the States. You can also go to theartofcharm.com slash challenge. 
We're teaching you how to become a better networker, better at developing relationships, increasing your social capital, increasing your charisma, and it's for both guys and gals. So check that out. Text the word CHARMED to 33444 or go to com slash challenge. Quick shout outs to Andrew Byrne. He actually heard two guys on a train in London talking about AOC. He subscribed sort of surreptitiously on his phone. He's been a huge fan ever since. I love that. I think that would be serendipitously. No, no. He like kind of on the low was like, what are they talking about? And looked at the guy's screen and I guess like (laughs) searched for it and found it. Yeah, so serendipitously and surreptitiously, I believe. Unless I'm misusing that word too, which is totally possible. And uh, another shout to Jordan Laverty, who just moved and listens to AOC to make the most of her time in a new town with a new network that we're helping her grow with our skills with a Z. Are you in a strange land listening to my familiar voice? If so, hit me up. I'd love to shout you out. More from AOC at theartictron.com, including info on our live residential boot camps. Those we run just about every single week here in L.A. If you really want to dig into this stuff, work on your AOC skills with us as your coaches. That's theartofcharm.com slash bootcamp. Now stay charming, get out there, and connect, and leave everyone better than you found them.